What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The SoCo Show. It's episode number 117. I am the co-host, Cody Michael, and I'm joined, as always, by the so-host, Seth Ott. Whoop, whoop. We're, uh, we're glad to be back here, uh, back in the swing of things after shaking up our schedule a couple weeks ago, but uh, back into the normal stuff this week, and, and uh, as is customary, Seth, I'm told that you have something to start the show with, and, and customarily, I am nervous to hear what it is. <laughs> Don't be nervous. I might be a little gross, but you don't you don't got to be nervous about it. So, uh, <laughs> so this weekend I uh, w- was at home. I was working through my long list of TV shows uh, to get through, and and uh, I did take a good chunk out. Still a little bit behind, but I'm uh, catching up on the TV shows. But uh, while I was home all weekend, I was watching uh, watching the dog. So uh, my roommate Matt has a dog, Rocco. I uh, love him to death, but sometimes I'm tasked with watching him. And so this weekend, um, he uh, we were both we were both pretty tired. It was Saturday afternoon. Afternoon, we we had uh, had a long day of watching TV. So um, I he he went into his kennel and laid down. I I was on the couch and I had passed out. Next thing I know, I woke up to being bumped in the face by a wet nose and uh, you know kind of groggy and and getting uh, getting my my bearings about me because I was in a pretty deep sleep. And all of a sudden, I just hear hear uh hear old Rocco hacking up over there uh, oh, on the God. carpet and and uh he had he had thrown up everywhere and he just throws up and turns back and looks at me and just says <laughs> here you go <laughs> with his eyes so the dog had literally woken me up and then barfed so that I could watch it <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's nasty. I don't like that so, at all. <laughs> so basically, I was a he, he, that was a, a puke alarm that had that happened to me. I just I couldn't believe that he woke me up to so I could watch him puke. Like that was, <laughs> a puke that, alarm might sound like this. <laughs> and trust me, it didn't look or smell like that. Oh God, um, it was probably a lot less fun too. Uh, it was. It was not fun because Matt wasn't here to clean it up like normal. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but uh nonetheless still love the dog even though he's a shithead so yeah well if you hated things that puked all over your house then you and i wouldn't be friends so <laughs> i guess that's that's what you get that's what yeah, you get at least you clean it up yeah that's fair he'll that's fair. only eat it sometimes <laughs> <laughs> i actually i cannot remember the last time i threw up in a place that wasn't a toilet i i had i had my 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 time in my life when i was I was throwing up often, and uh, I, I, and to be clear, I wasn't bulimic. I just drank too much, um, and uh, and I always was pretty good about getting it in the proper receptacle. So of that, I'm uh, I th- I think uh, friend of the show, uh, former guest Mike V, might have something to say about uh, you and where you threw up. Well, he might, but he's not here, so. <laughs> Let's just oh, say that he's having a that, Vietnam flashback in his car right now. <laughs> right. Let, let's just say that uh, that scene that Mike 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 the witness was very reminiscent of the girl in ex- in the Exorcist. More, oh, jeez. Or or, or, <laughs> or more like Scary Movie Two, I guess. Uh, oh, that's nasty. I don't like thinking about that at all. I'm really glad that this is what we decided to kick the show off with. Yeah. Um, now that my stomach is in knots. Um, so let's move off the vomit and hopefully on to less disgusting things. <laughs> Clean it up with comment. Um, 
<laughs> we got a lot of uh, a lot of cool stuff to talk about. We're gonna get back into the TV corner. We're gonna review a couple of of uh, new film releases. Uh, we have another fun Mambo number five and a lot of stuff in between. But before we get into any of that, we gotta start like we always do with some chic tweets. I call you a punk. Iron Sheik, uh, he he. Well, I think he had to make sure that his Twitter was working. Uh, just just a day ago, uh, he he was uh, he was sending out a little bit of a maybe a litmus test in the Twitter sphere. He says, "This is not a test. Go fuck yourself." <laughs> hashtag <laughs> hashtag Sunday morning. <laughs> what? I mean, <laughs> if if any of them were tests, I wasn't aware. So yeah, he it is not to make a sure. test. It's the real thing. He had to make sure his tweet machine was working. Well, I suppose that's good. Sheikah, uh, Sheiky baby, checking all, doing his quality control. I can appreciate that for sure. I call you a punk. All right, let's shout out our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box for 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free. Mathis Designs. Find our good friend Steph on Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. And of course, Mike's Wood on Etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed to get your wood worked. There it is. Uh, also, special shout out to our special. friend Mike. <laughs> special shout out. I haven't, even been, I haven't even been drinking. You don't even know. Don't tell me what to do. Special um, shout out. A special shout out to uh, a good friend of the show and sponsor, Mike Vandenhall, who is one of our supporters through Anchor. Uh, if you want to become a supporter of the show and kick us a buck a month or five or ten or a thousand, whatever, um, you can do so on our Anchor page, which you can link to in the description. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's some wealthy benefactors out there who want to make us, you know, an extra couple bucks. Who knows? Well, well uh, <laughs> so... What co- what we what we didn't tell you is that Cody does a a shot for every do- person who donates. That's why he's slurring his words there. So if you want to hear Cody, and this is before every show, so if you want to hear Cody, just get hammered. Let's get as many people as we can to to donate to the show, and he'll take a shot for each one of you. You know what i i I know what you're trying to do, but I'm here for it. Um, <laughs> every supporter that we get, I will take a shot for. So. Uh, n- next next week for episode 118, I'll be taking a shot to Mike. I'll be taking one to Mike, and then everyone after that that we get uh, at one dollar or more, I will take a shot uh, on the podcast. And per I'll make show. a regular. Maybe I'll do like maybe once every month or once every Octoversary or something. I'll do it shit faced. Um, <laughs> so there's your incentive, people. Uh, of course, if you're unable to give, uh, you can also just share the podcast out because we have ads now. And uh, every listen is uh, a little bit of scratch in our pockets. Uh, speaking of ads, shekels. let's get to one, uh, some shekels. Yeah, let's get to an ad here. <laughs> Take it away, Cody. It gets better every week. I don't know with that guy. He's, wow. He just keeps bringing new shit all the time. Does he? Yeah, well, it's the same shit, but it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds better all the time. What's funny about that is I don't have to listen to it every week. Uh, it's not like the sounders that we have to play and we get them stuck in our heads. So I don't even really know what that ad sounds like anymore, but I'm sure our listeners are like, stop playing that fucking ad. <laughs> um, well, it's funny is that I also have control of that Anchor account, so I totally could have created my own ad and just replaced it. Oh, shit. I, I, would, I would totally just be like, me and Kelly, just come click on Anchor and make a podcast too. <laughs> 
God damn. Now I need to regularly check and make sure you haven't done that. And I could do because there's there's no like I can do it right from my phone. I don't need to like actually edit it or anything like that. Yeah, it's super. And if you're out there and you want to start an, uh, a podcast with your friend, uh, you both can fuck with it without the other person knowing if you like. That's one of the benefits of uh, Anchor. Great service. I forgot to mention that in the ad. Just so listeners know, this is actually an ad, too. You just got fooled. And Ooh. we're back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Enough ads. Uh, we need to get to the news. And we're going to start with this week's quick hits. Quick hits, quick hits this week are brought to you by Jif Peanut Butter. That's Ooh. it. <laughs> Mom, choosy moms choose Jif. There you go. They're really not. I, I wish they were, though. I would love some free peanut butter. I ate a lot of it. All right. <laughs> In the world of TV... We don't need a Rorschach test to see that people love Watchmen. It premiered Sunday and people are over the moon. Stoked to watch this. I'm, I haven't caught the premiere yet, but uh, I'll probably be watching it tonight after our show. I probably will too. I, not tonight, but I think I'll check it out. Uh, the first 27 minutes of Mandalorian have been seen and people are raving. Subsequently, the same people saw the first 27 minutes of Rise of Skywalker and said it was the same as the first 27 minutes of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> And finally in TV, CW's quest to have DC shows on every minute of the day continues with an Arrow spinoff called Canaries. Jesus, seriously? <laughs> yeah, it's actually, um, so I'll dive into a little bit further. Um, it's the, so since last season they've been doing flash forwards with um, Oliver's kid and Diggle's kid and like people like that. And so that's going to be the new show, is the future Arrow, basically. Ugh. Ugh. You just hit that one down because you hated it. Yeah. That was a punch directly to the face of whoever made that decision. <laughs> and in movies, there'll be no strings on Morty because Robert, Mazeka, Robert Zemeckis is in talks for the Pinocchio live action movie to direct it. Ooh, I'd watch that. In a bunch of DC news, Black Adam begins filming in July. Meanwhile, Marvel's White Marcus begins filming in August. <laughs> That's goddamn funny. Um, <laughs> I honestly, there was, I never thought that that Black Adam movie was actually going to get made. So it's actually kind of cool that it is. Uh, but I'm way more excited for White Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> mm, damn. <laughs> in, a, in, in Joker news, Jared Leto is out as Joker. Rumor is that DC sent him Joaquin Phoenix's used condoms to break the news. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and finally, riddle me this, wiener boy. Hill out, Jonah Hill out as, as Riddler, Paul Dano in. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk more about that Batman casting, uh, but I'm stoked for Paul Dano. I really dug him. I was going to be excited for Jonah Hill, but, um, you know, whatever. But Paul Dano is a good ad. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this. Agreed. And that is the quick hits. All right. <laughs> uh, you're having some fun with the headlines, aren't you? I am. <laughs> I'm now I'm just fully writing them out. Before I was just trying to like do it on the fly, but now I'm like, now I'm going through the news and be like, oh, what would be funny? <laughs> and, oh my God. And, and White Marcus, <laughs> that, that one, I was like trying to think of a name because like Black Adam sounds like a very, like Adam's a very white name. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> but with with Marcus, I was like, I, 
I mean, I didn't want it to be like, like white, like even white Dwayne or like, I don't know. I couldn't think of a like white, uh, Odell, like an obviously I don't know. black man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I, Marcus just came to me <laughs> real quick. So I had to go with that one. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I dig it. And, um, dig it. Ooh, yeah. Hmm. I am the queen. <laughs> Let's uh, let's keep this giggle train rolling, and uh, we're going to get into this week's edition of the TV Corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. So, Seth, uh, one of our favorite shows, in fact, it was my number one back when we did Mambo for Netflix original shows, uh, Big Mouth has its season three. We recently found out that uh, six seasons in total were in the works, and uh, you and I... Watched a lot of this together, actually, while I was visiting home, and you wrapped it up uh, within the last week. I still have a couple episodes uh, of my own to finish, but since you've seen the entirety of season three, tell us what you thought. Yeah, so Big Mouth season three um, really starts with the Valentine's Day episode. <laughs> um, that confused a lot of people, I heard, actually, <laughs> where see, episode two started the, the season, if you've already seen the, the Valentine's Day thing. But um, anyway, so, I mean, Big Mouth is what it is you know it's it's uh i mean and that's a good thing um it's you know the the same same show but just dealing with different topics i mean the same kids the 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 wonder of of being animated is you don't have to age these these kids they can be you know and in the midst of puberty forever if they want to be um but you know they still deal with with you know a lot of kind of the same same thing same topics um you know there's new characters that are uh, get, you know getting the hormone monsters and and you know going into puberty still dealing with things like divorce and, and dealing with separate parents and depression they brought that back up here um from last season um just a lot i mean just a lot of like real topics i mean there's really not much to say without going into you know into into uh, too deep of stuff, but still very funny. I love what they did with Coach, did with Coach Steve in this season. Um, you know, at, at the end of last season, he uh, was was fired, and and so in this season, he's kind of used as like um, <laughs> d- different, uh, I, I guess, different like fulcrums of the episode. Like he's put in there as like different job. He's he's in there as like different jobs or different. Like there's an, a weird episode where it's like I think a dream or something, and and he's popped into in the situation as like an, I can't even remember exactly what he is, but he's like an animal or something. Like they just do all these weird different things with coach Steve, but he's still coach Steve. My favorite mm-hmm. thing is that his name is coach Steve, Steve, <laughs> his last name, Steve. <laughs> I love and he'll coach be Steve. like, he'll be like a doctor. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if this is an actual <laughs> example, but something like this. And he'll call himself Dr. Coach Steve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He is he is the best. Um, I, I the thing that I really miss is that they don't have much Rick. I think he's like the creepy old, the the creepy old home run monster. <laughs> I'll mm-hmm. also build with that one. Um, they don't have him much in this season. He's like in two things, uh, which is really disappointing. I love that guy, <laughs> but uh, when he pops up though, like they, he, yeah. it's it's effective when he does pop up. Yeah, but yeah I would have liked to have seen more. Yep. Um, but overall, still extremely solid show. Um, I, you know, the, if, if you're a fan of the show, you're still going to enjoy it. Like, I don't think it ever dipped down in quality for me. Um, I think the only thing is, like, they don't really do anything super different from the last season. So, I, I you know, it, it, it is a lot of the same. But, again, that's a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. You don't you don't want them to go too off formula or anything like that because then you kind of lose some of the, the things that people 
you know, really love about it. Now, I think they still have two or three more seasons left. So, yeah, I think eventually they're going to have to try and spice things up a little bit. Um, but still, again, very solid, very funny. I mean, the, the comedy in the show is ridiculous, but, it, but it's great. Great voice acting, all that. So I'm going to give this one um, a solid 4.0 Coach Steve Steves out of five. I like it. I like it. That's uh, awesome, Bill. Yeah, I, I would echo that. I, I think this is this is just this is always one of my favorite shows. When it comes out, I always try to watch it right away. Um, and you're right. It, it maybe part of why I like it is because it's so formulaic, and you you pretty much know what you're going to get every week uh, or every episode. And it, it reminds me. I'm I'm also working right now. I've been watching uh, Rick and Morty, and it reminds me a lot of that. Like you could just pop on pretty much any episode of Big Mouth, and for the mm-hmm. most part, understand what's going on. Um, which I really enjoy. You and I, Seth, watched this with a friend of ours who who has not been mm-hmm. keeping up with Big Mouth. <laughs> and <laughs> if you if you're a fan of Big Mouth and you want to have a lot of fun, watch it with someone who doesn't who hasn't seen it before and try explaining everything <laughs> to someone because it is fucking ridiculous. You're like, oh, what's that monster thing? Well, okay, that's that's basically puberty and that's the hormone monster. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> so when he's there, can everybody else hear him? Well, no, only the one kid he's talking to can can hear him, but he kind of belongs to multiple kids, so he can talk <laughs> to one kid for some of the time, but then the other kid can't hear him. And it's so, it, it's so <laughs> obvious if you've been watching the show, but if you haven't, uh, it, some parts of it might be confusing, but in a, like a really fun, cool way. Yeah, uh, The show is very funny, very smart. I would echo all of that stuff and highly recommend anyone who hasn't started Big Mouth to jump on that ASAP. There's also, um, forgot the, the last couple episodes, there's a, a musical episode, uh, which is a musical based off of uh, a, the movie called Disclosure, which is, uh, I'll actually, just, just watch the episode because um, it's funnier when you <laughs> when you know what the movie's about. And then there's an episode where they're like, all the kids get superpowers. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I totally forgot what i just forgot till now what jay's superpower is and it's fucking awesome so <laughs> again that episode's pretty i think that might be the finale actually uh finishes strong so they they do i guess do a couple of different things um still all within the the realm of big mouth nothing i mean nothing really changes but it's they do at least they're really i i, I will say maybe i'll bump it up 4.2 say 4.2 just because they are i forgot about those last couple episodes up until that point it seemed like very similar stuff but those last couple give it a just a little bit more of a bump so 4.2 coach steve steves out of five. Ooh, there you have a mid-review change i like it that's a yeah. that's a, a, a soco first um i'm excited to watch these last couple episodes now because uh, <laughs> that sounds fucking wacky and i i'm i'm just short of those i think so very excited uh big mouth season three again a couple more seasons are in the works over at netflix uh, and we'll let you know when you can expect those but uh, jump on big mouth if you haven't yet it gets a 4.2 this week in the tv quarter Television down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in a corner. All right, let's switch from let's switch from TV into movies, and we're gonna get started with this week's Mambo Number Five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number Five. So five. this Mambo Number Five was inspired by <laughs> basically by me being an annoying prick. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> The, so there's a movie coming out this weekend called Black and Blue, and it's got Naomi Harris, and it's like a cop and 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 gangster kind of thing. Um, and I think Black and Blue is one of the stupidest movie titles I've ever heard of in my life. Um, <laughs> I get what they're going for, because Black and Blue, like she's black and a cop, 
or you know bruises or black and blue i get it but it just it's uh, for whatever reason it just fucking grinds my gears that they went with black and blue it's like oh she's black cop she's got a name of black anyway uh (laughs) that (laughs) that got me all fired up and we were batting around ideas for mambo and i was like why don't we count down the list of the stupidest (laughs) movie titles (laughs) that we can think of and the, just a forewarning, if you don't want to hear me get on my, my high horse and on a soapbox multiple times, skip ahead. Because <laughs> I've got some qualms with some movie titles that you might think are fine, but I fucking hate some of these. I'm interested to see, Seth, what pisses you off, because you don't complain as much about movie titles as I do. Yeah, I'm not I don't. I'm not necessarily pissed. I just picked the ones that I think are really stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't really, like, none of them make me mad, but all of these I've seen before, um not the movies themselves. I don't think I've seen any of these movies, um, but I've seen them like scrolling Netflix or whatever. And I think they're really stupid. So um, I guess we'll kick off. Number five. Now this one I picked, uh, this is probably the only one that's not like a real movie that people actually like went to see. Um, But I saw it on Netflix so many times as I was scrolling by back in the day that I, it's, it still makes me laugh because of how stupid it is. It's, it's, (laughs) it's, a movie starring Danny Trejo and Danny Glover. Oh, uh, yes. Badass 3, Badasses on the Bayou. <laughs> on the Bayou. <laughs> oh, my God. That's like, it's the worst title, uh, but it's so great. <laughs> I Yeah, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into something similar in a little bit. Um, but yeah, Badass. They could have just called it Badasses on the Bayou, but. No, Badass 3. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is an entire film series based on a viral video of a homeless person beating a guy up. So, <laughs> I, yeah, by the third installment, I understand why they needed to go to the bayou. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, my number five is actually for a movie that I love. And I was just talking to someone. I think, Seth, it was you offline uh, recently about this. I have Coco at number five. Oh, and yeah. And I, again, I love the movie Coco, but the, the story isn't about, there's a character named Coco and it's not the main character. And that's what pisses me off about this story or about the, the title. If you're going to make the title of your movie a name, make it the name of the main character. Because I've, I've had countless conversations where I've confused the main character who I think is named Miguel for Coco. And that's not what it's supposed to be. And so, and, and every time in the movie they say Coco, I got confused um, because I, I don't know, whatever. And maybe this is just me, but that confused me and I thought it was fucking annoying. Um, so I put, again, great, great movie. Highly recommend. I love it. Uh, but they should have gone with a different title if you ask me. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know, uh, you know, obviously by, by the title, I didn't know what was going on until, you know, I saw at least the trailer. Um, I just thought honestly it was a promotional movie for Cocoa Puff cereal. Uh, then I turned out to be very wrong. So see, that would have made sense. And I would have liked mm-hmm. that cause I did Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> number four uh number four so there this this uh franchise has two movies uh they have three movies but they're two that have um names that are pun based i i like the first pun based one which was alvin and the chipmunks the squeakle <laughs> i think that one <laughs> i think that one was funny <laughs> but <laughs> alvin Chip, alvin and the chipmunks three chipwrecked i think that <laughs> i think this one was probably like they came up with the title first. They're like, oh, that's punny. Like we can make a movie out of that. And then the movie happened. I feel like the squeakle was like, oh, you know, I don't think 
there was anything to do with squeaking in the second one. I never saw it, I don't think. Um, I might have seen the first one. But this one, I feel like they they never planned to be shipwrecked. I, I, again, I don't. they might not even been shipwrecked. But I don't know if maybe like they had chocolate chip cookies that went awry. I don't know. Um, but the, <laughs> I feel like they just were like, shipwrecked, let's make a movie out of it. So I, I don't like this one. This one isn't as punny, but Squeakle, that was pretty good. Which they actually make fun of because uh, Jason Lee is in Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. And there's a few ch- uh, chipmunks jokes in that. And one of them is, is Squeakle, which is pretty funny. Nice. Uh, I'm with you. I love Squeakle. I hate Chipwrecked. <laughs> My number four, again, is a movie that I quite liked, um, but the trailer pisses me, or sorry, the title pisses me off. The title of this movie is Mother! <laughs> and a lot of this has to do with the fucking exclamation point in this, because um, it's stupid, but also they lowercased the M in yeah. Mother. Which, and there are reasons why it's written the way that it's written that get into the plot of the story. But, like, don't get fucking cute. Like, I don't understand why he had to get so cute with the title of it. I don't know what a more, I don't know what a better title for this movie would have been. Because this this movie is is totally batshit in the best way. Um, But that title was so strange to me. And nobody really understood what was going on in that movie, which may have been the point. But mostly the reason that I hated this is because every hack fucking comic including myself whenever they talk about that movie goes mother and i i'm sick of the joke and i can't believe they didn't understand what they were doing when they wrote that that always reminds me of um tony hale who plays buster and uh and uh buster booth in arrested development because he always goes mother in that show a lot it always reminds i always hear his, his him doing that when i hear that title number three uh this one i didn't like the title initially just because i thought it, it's really stupid sounding uh, I never, I, I never saw this movie, but I heard it's good. Uh, it's Legends of the Guardians: The Owls of Gahul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a good one. <laughs> Gahul is the dumbest word. I've always had a fucking thorn in my side over Gahul. <laughs> uh, I, I have heard good things about that because that's like a really well-known. Who directed that? I think was it Spielberg. It's it's one of it's like a big time. I'm gonna pull it up here, but yeah, Legends of the. Legends, Legends of the Guardians. Uh, sorry, Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul. <laughs> it's G A apostrophe H O O L E. Jesus, uh, Zack Snyder. It's a Zack. Oh, Snyder okay. Oh, it is literally right. about owls, which is why nobody saw it. Well, yeah, and like the only reason you know it's about owls is because they put owls in the title. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Legends of the Guardians sounds like a like a mystical, like magical, you know. Lord of the Rings type thing. Um, and then you have the Owls of Gahul, and no one knows what the fuck Gahul is. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that that's, it's still, that title, like, made me mad as a as a teenager or how, whenever this came out. I was like, that's the stupidest name. No one knows what that is. Um, and, and then I forgot about it until today, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm putting Gahul in there for sure. <laughs> My number three, I know is going to upset you, Seth. And again, I like this movie. I hate this title, and I will explain why. My number three is John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. Parabellum means the end. Parabellum means prepare for war. That's and what it is. <laughs> it's this whole thing. This is every bit of just pissing me off because you know what I hate? Subtitles. Um, like, Name of the movie, colon, subtitle of the movie. That shit gets on my nerves every Mission single time. Mission Impossible. 
Fallout, Mission yeah, Impossible, I understand. Ghost Protocol. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I get it. I know that some of my favorite movies do this. So does Star Wars. I get it. But um, you know what? You know what is great? Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible 2, Mission Impossible 3. I don't know why they needed to go. I would just as soon have 4, 5, and 6 be the titles. Um, and John Wick, colon, Chapter 3 would also have been perfectly fine because the second one was called John Wick, colon, Chapter 2. But now, not only are they having a colon and a subtitle, but they're breaking from the pattern that they established with the prior fucking movie. They didn't have a third subtitle on the second movie. Why do they need to add one on the third? Either just make it John Wick Chapter 3, or if you're going to go away from it, then make it John Wick Parabellum. But, like, they they perfectly fucked, they, like, did the one rule that they do, and then they fucked that rule, and none of it made any sense, and it's too many goddamn words, and I'm supposed to pause every time in between. Um, and everyone only just says John Wick 3 anyway. So I... Uh, that's it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, the subtitles get me so worked up. Just name it fucking John Wick 3. Well, I mean, that's why you don't like License of the Guardian, colon, the Owls of Ghoul. There's that, a colon. You're, you're right about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You're, you're just all up in my Ghoul today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't agree with, with anything you said because that's John Wick. Um, yeah, yeah. On to the next. Number two. Another, another animated movie on, on the list. Um, haven't liked this one since this came out. Um, probably has, I don't know if, I, I did probably see this one as a kid, but I don't rem- I don't think it has anything to do with uh, just the, the punniness. Um, I don't think the original, the originator of the pun has anything to do with the movie, but it's Garfield, The Tale of Two Kitties. <laughs> <laughs> see, that I kind of like that one. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> I think that one, I... At least, like, with the squeakquel, you know, it was the second movie, so, and, and Chipmunk's squeak, uh, even Chipwrecked, like I said, it probably was, that was probably the first idea, and then they made the movie, at least it tied in, I think. Uh, I don't think uh, Garfield 2 had anything to do with the Tale of Two Cities at all, <laughs> so, <laughs> at least, at, le- at least, I, you know, I, I hope not, because I feel like, well, actually, I kind of hope they did. Maybe someday they'll go back and make Garfield the Tale of Two Kitties and do a you know, a direct adaptation of A Tale of Two Cities. I don't know. It's a dumb title. <laughs> See, I, as much as I hate that it's, you know, Garfield subtitle, uh, I love the pun. Like, I, I'm not going to hate on puns very often. Um, <laughs> a Tale of Two Kitties. <laughs> now, there actually might have been two kitties in that movie, though. <laughs> I'm sure there were. I'm sure it was him and another another cat. In fact, I think it's... um. You know what I think it is? And I'm not sure. I'm going to look this up really quick. I'm pretty sure it's like a Prince and the Pauper situation where there's another cat that looks just like Garfield and they swap lives. Probably. Uh, Still a dumb title. <laughs> yeah. Garfield tale of... Here we go. Um, He goes to England and he gets... Yeah, he gets swapped out for a, a, a okay. royal cat. Okay, uh, so I guess it still had something to do. Maybe I'll maybe I'll switch it up. Maybe Gahul will go number two, and, and Garfield <laughs> will go three. <laughs> for the, for the official list holders out there who who pile our list together, um, that job is open. By the way, no one's doing that. So if you want to go back and keep track of our lists, uh, you'll get paid nothing. So um, you you do that for the love of the SoCo Show. Um, There's going to be a huge th- line of people wanting that job. <laughs> for for the for the. Uh, for the the list takers, uh, Gahul is number two, and uh, Garfield's number three. So, there you go. I think that's fair. Okay. Uh, I think it's also fair to make my number two, uh, my number two, 
I have Terminator Genesis. Genesis. Um, because they spell fucking Genesis wrong. <laughs> and I looked <laughs> I looked this up specifically. Um, and it, that's not how you spell Genesis. I, I typed it. So it's G-E-N-I-S-Y-S is how they spell Genesis <clears throat> in the title of Terminator Genesis. Um, the first thing that comes up when you type that is some Genesis credit union in Michigan. <laughs> and that shows up above Terminator Genesis. So, you know, that movie gets searched a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's a movie, uh, colon subtitle, which I hate. And Genesis can be one of two things. And I don't know because I haven't seen this movie either. Genesis spelled the way it is means something in the context of the movie. I don't think it does. Um, or they chose to spell Genesis wrong, even though it means Gen- like Genesis means the beginning of something. So like if, if they want the movie to, if they want the moviegoer to know that this is the beginning of something, then use the fucking actual spelling of the word Genesis. I don't, and I, I hate, there's almost nothing I hate more than changing the spelling of something to make it appear fucking edgy or whatever. I, it, ugh, I, I could go on and on about this. And now they have Terminator Dark Fate coming out, which I hear is actually like decent, but, um, <laughs> Dark Fate's also a stupid title. <laughs> yeah um i have no opinion about terminator but that is a dumb title um do you think like gahool uh, you know what i did just i i pulled up the the synopsis genesis the way that it's spelled is um it's the name of something in the story but even so still stupid pretty stupid do you think gahool is short for gary hool <laughs> The Owls of Gary Hool. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I really hope uh, so. I do want to get to the bottom of this. We're gonna we're gonna reach out to Zack Snyder and say, "Hey, we need the Snyder cut of Gahool." I bet you he'd be pretty stoked to not hear about the fucking Justice League for once. He'd probably be <laughs> really excited to answer your question. Wait, as soon as you said Snyder cut, I thought you were gonna say Justice League. Instead, you said Gahool, and I forgot what that was. <laughs> uh, number one. Uh, speaking of DC. Um, this movie hasn't come out yet, but it's already the worst title ever. Oh, I um, knew what you're. I know what you're going with. <laughs> it's Birds of Prey, which by itself is fine. Then they add the. This is the Cody Colon rule, um, and they add and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. That's stupid. Um, yep. And the only only reason that they added that part is because it has Harley Quinn in the title, and people see Harley Quinn and they're gonna go, "Oh yeah, Harley Quinn. We should go see this." Um, Birds of Prey by itself. That's exactly what happened with Bumblebee. I think they're learning. So it's smart in terms of a marketing perspective. um, But in terms of a movie title, it's fucking dumb. Uh, Because this is what happened with with Bumblebee. Uh, Bumblebee by itself, people didn't know what the hell that was. Um, Didn't make nearly as much money as the other other, uh, Transformers movies. But if it would have been Bumblebee, a Transformers movie, or Transformers colon Bumblebee, um, or Transformers colon talking Camaro, I think they would have, you know, went to it, um, more, but, uh, same thing here though. It has to have Harley Quinn in the title. Um, they, they could, they should have just called it Harley Quinn breaks up with Joker or something like that. Um, birds of prayer. It seemed like they're going to be a complete side thing here, but, and they're going to keep the title. I was thinking, Oh, you know, between now and February, whenever this comes out, maybe they'll change the title just to just birds of prey. They're not gonna though, because of marketing, because of tickets. So, uh, enjoy that stupid title when you get it printed out at the movie theater on your ticket. Oh God. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like I, I did a quick Google and I see both. Like I see it just written as birds of prey in some sites and I see it written out in others, but either way 
uh, I agree with you that it is stupid. And that movie, I go to every superhero movie, and so I'll probably end up going to this, but this is as close as I've ever come to being like, <laughs> no, I'm not fucking going to see that. <laughs> what would you go to it if it was called <laughs> Birds of Prey, colon, The Owls of Cool? <laughs> Because that makes sense as a title. Birds of prey, colon, the owls of ghoul. Owls are are, are prey. They're, they, they, they're predators. So, would make sense. And then they could do Legends of the Guardian, colon, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. <laughs> that would probably make more sense. Oh, my God. I love the um, the Legends of the Guardians or whatever. Um, it Doesn't it sound like a parody movie? Doesn't it, it does. sound like that... Um, the 40-year-old virgin who knocked up Sarah Marshall and felt <laughs> super bad. It sounds like one of those titles. Yeah. Uh, Legends of the Guardians. Sounds That sounds like a parody. Uh, I If we do our favorite movie titles ever, that's where Owls of Gahul is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that back to my attention. <laughs> uh, okay, my number one. Uh, my number one also features a subtitle. It features a... a um, a cliche that I hate. Uh, it's an unnecessary sequel, and it's an un- it does all those things while being a sequel to a, a, a first movie that also had a terrible title. Uh, my number one is 47 Meters Down Uncaged. <laughs> so let's break this down. <laughs> first of all, <laughs> they come out with 47 Meters Down, which you don't fucking know what that's about unless you've seen the trailer, because what does that mean? Uh, it turns out it's two girls that get stuck in one of those shark cages and a bunch of sharks are trying to get after them. Okay. What so first of all, that terrible movie gets made, gets a shitty title and gets put out and somehow they decide they need to make a sequel to this movie, which does not at all seem to me logical. Um, so then they have the sequel again called 47 meters down colon uncaged. Now we already talked about colons and subtitles. Let's talk about uncaged. Uncaged is one of those words that you use when you want to seem like fucking edgy or like cooler or more over the top than before. Mm-hmm. Like if I said Seth Ott, uncaged, you'd be like, oh man, what's Seth going to do? Probably something crazy. But like uncaged in this context literally just would mean that they're not in a cage, which means they're going to get eaten by sharks in five minutes. And I haven't seen this movie, so maybe it's good. I don't fucking know. So uncaged is one of those cliched bullshit words like... um like legends of or day of the or age of that's just like so annoyingly overused that it doesn't fucking mean anything anymore and how in the sequel are they at the same depth 47 meters down again they just happen to be is that the is that where that shark lives is that 47 meters down that's fucking stupid they could have made an entirely different separate shark movie and not named it after that stupid title and not tacked on a stupid ass annoying subtitle on the end that doesn't mean anything and again this movie might be awesome i don't know but i decided i wasn't going to see it because of its fucking title (laughs) wow um did you see crawl uh you know what i did see crawl and i liked crawl but i also didn't like that title yeah it made a lot more sense than 47 meters on down on cage though i just remember the only reason i brought that up is because I, i also didn't see 47 meters down i think the first one people liked uh, I don't think people like this one as much, um, but I, I remember seeing trailers for 47 meters down and caged like a billion and five times, um, like right next to the crawl trailer. And then I saw it before the crawl movie. But mm, yeah, um, well, while, 
while you were ranting about um, 47 meters down and caged, I did see that Legends of the Guardians does have a sequel coming out. It's called Legends of the Guardians colon Ghoul Uncaged. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, You get one for that. (laughs) There you go. Uh, (laughs) That's fucking funny. Um yeah, so we got who I got a I got a, you know that was a lot of negative energy that was inside me and I got it out and I feel a lot better. I'm happy. I'm happy you did. Yeah. Uh let's shout out another couple and um now again, I actually like a couple of these uh for various reasons and you'll immediately know why. First of all, Nomeo and Juliet. Oh no. I think that that's stupid idea for a movie. Great title for that stupid movie though. Um but then they made a sequel to Nomeo and Juliet, and it's called Nomeo and Juliet colon Sherlock Gnomes. <laughs> they could have just called the movie Sherlock Gnomes. Like, people would have understood. But the movie's not even fucking about Nomeo and Juliet anymore. It's about Sherlock Gnomes. So why mm-hmm. did why put Nomeo and Juliet in there if it's not that story again? I don't know. That bums me out. <laughs> I was also thinking about, and this really doesn't have anything to do with this list, but I was thinking about the movie The Shallows, where Blake Lively has to take on sharks, uh-huh. and I thought how annoying it must be that uh, that A Star is Born came out after that movie, <laughs> <laughs> and now when people Google your movie, they just get a Lady Gaga song. True. Do um, you think they'll do Shallows Uncaged? They might. I fucking wouldn't put it past Hollywood. They'll probably do Crawl <laughs> 2 Uncaged. I hope not. I actually like the first one, so don't don't do another one. Just yeah. leave it. Leave it be. How many times can that girl get into situations where she has to save her dad from alligators? Well, probably more than one. I'm guessing. Uh, <laughs> you didn't think there could be a sequel to uh, Happy Death Day, but they got one of those. And That's true. frankly, Nomeo and Juliet was didn't need a sequel either, but <laughs> they did one of those. Did you have any other uh, honorable mentions there? Um. Uh, yeah. Like some of them, I you know I, I like the movie, so I didn't want to put it on. Like again, I haven't seen and any of those movies really so um yeah i just went by title alone but like dude where dude where's my car is a pretty stupid title um by itself edge of tomorrow is kind of a dumb title um even even though like the movie's great that's that, that doesn't make sense you know i was thinking about that and the alternate title for that movie is live die Repeat, live die Repeat. which sounds that, way more awesome to me <laughs> that's a that i mean that that makes more sense than edge of tomorrow i mean you get nothing out of edge of tomorrow um I was looking through, like, I, I just looked up a list also of stupid movie titles, and uh, one of them on there is is the acronym FART, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> I, I think but... I just pulled up the same list. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's, like, one with Bill Mur- or Bill Cosby, um, Bill Murray, and uh, it's, like, it's some, like, detective movie where it's, like, Larry Part 6 or some stupid shit like that. And there's not a there's not a part one through five like they just made that title to be stupid. Um, oh, yeah. There's all kinds of dumb movie titles, but uh, yeah, Gahul is honestly that should be number one. That's still my favorite, I think. You know, there's some on here on this list, and I'll link to this in the description box that I actually like. Um, Freddie got fingered. I think that's yeah, awesome. yeah. I think that's awesome. That that um, movie sucks. <laughs> too fast, too furious. That's a good yeah. like. Now, that, this the entire Fast and Furious franchise probably should have been our list because they, they really are starting to stretch with the fucking mm-hmm. the Furious bullshit. Um, like Fate of the Furious. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's pretty pretty dumb to me. But 
Tale of Two Kitties I see on here. Um, um at least at least with Too Fast Too Furious, we got a really good song out of it. Um, oh shit, yeah. So I I can I can and I thought about that too. I'm like that's a dumb title, but we got a pretty awesome song out of it. Um, and uh, Freddie got fingered. Uh, yeah, I've seen that movie once when I was way too young, and I don't know honestly if if Freddie got fingered in that movie. So I don't know if if uh, <laughs> if <laughs> if that actually has anything to do with the title. But I do remember Tom Green singing, "Daddy, would you like some sausage?" Oh, good. So it's a smart movie. It is. Um, let's see. Oh, here's another one that has multiple. This one has multiple colons in it, Seth. Laura Croft colon Tomb Raider colon The Cradle, Cradle of Life. That's a pretty dumb one. Yeah. Uh, also, Larry the Cable Guy colon Health Inspector. <laughs> <laughs> here's one that doesn't belong in this list. Octopussy. I think that's awesome. <laughs> Um, I don't see it on here, but Geely should be on. Oh, there's Geely, actually. Um, you don't mess with the Zohan. That's a dumb one, <laughs> yeah. a pretty funny one. The Men Who Stare at Goats. I actually like that movie. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones on here. Ooh, there's one at number 60 called Blackenstein, and I want to know what the fuck that is. <laughs> I'm guessing, if I if I were just to, to hedge a guess, that it's a Black Frankenstein. <laughs> Probably. Probably. I dig it. Um... Okay. I guarantee that's what Frankenstein says in that movie, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, we'll link to this in the description. I'm not going to read all 100, but there's some there's some good ones in here. Um, so what are some dumb movie titles that pissed you off? And or do you think it's unreasonable for me to be pissed out about pissed off about 47 meters down? I know the answer is yes, that that's unreasonable, but I'm not here to be reasonable. I'm here to, I guess, be entertaining. I don't know why we do this. But uh, let us know if you thought our lists were uh, were proper, if you think that something on our list shouldn't have been on there, or uh, if you thought Freddy Got Fingered should have been higher uh, on our list. Let us know on Facebook and on Twitter, at SokoShowPod, if you want to, uh, to chat about this episode and more. Uh, for now, though, we're going to keep on rolling. We're going we're to stay in the movies realm, and we're going to do this week's Making the Quota. <laughs> What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! Excited to get into this one. Um, this game, for those who don't know, uh, Seth has found a quote from a film. I need to figure out the film and the character that set it. And uh, I, I remember where we left off last week, so there's a wide swath of films from which you could choose. So I'm, I'm eager to find out what we went with. Well, I gotta say... The, if you remember who it was last week, uh, this actor does not have a very large part in the movie. Um, <laughs> so I apologize. Uh, the quote this week is, Today will not be known as Taco Tuesday. It will be known as Freedom Friday, but still on a Tuesday. <laughs> I like the Batman voice uh, that you were going for. I actually know this one off the bat. Um, and so uh, last week... For those who don't remember, uh, Morgan Freeman was the the quotester uh, from Now You See Me. So you're right; he does have a small bit part. This is this is from the Lego Movie, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, the character that says it though, um, is it uh, is it Elizabeth Banks's character, Wildstyle? <laughs> it is. Ah, yeah. See, I've seen that movie, dude. The Lego Movie is so good. I love that movie. 
You you haven't even seen the second one, have you? No. <laughs> oh, but you want to talk about stupid movie titles? The Lego Movie Two, the second part that should have featured highly on ours. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, they're pieces or parts or whatever. But what do you just want? A Lego Movie Two? Jesus, come on, get some spice in your yes, life. Yes, I just want the Lego Movie Two. <laughs> <laughs> or even I would have even settled for the Lego Movie colon the second part. Like you definitely don't need a number and a colon. I don't think. Looking at you, Star Wars. And Star Trek. Well, those are episodes. Well, sure. But even so. Um, anyway. Enough about the movie titles. I'm only just going to work myself up into another blind rage. <laughs> um, but I do love the Lego movie. And um, yeah, that's a <laughs> that whole thing is pretty funny. Um, Taco Tuesday. Lego movie for those. Let's do one of these. Uh, we haven't done one of these in a while. Lego movie from, I think, 2014. Uh, mm-hmm. Is gonna get this week's retro recommend. We don't need roads. I don't remember. I know you reviewed for the show Lego Movie Two. Did you enjoy mm-hmm. it? Would you recommend that I go see it? Um, I think you'd like it more now that it's not that you don't have to go out of your way to see it. Um, it's fine. I thought it was a fine movie. Wasn't mm-hmm. the best thing I've ever seen, but you know, wasn't wasn't as like surprising as the first lego movie the first lego movie i remember like when it was announced people are just like what mm-hmm. <laughs> how are you gonna make a movie out of legos um and then it worked and it's great and i think lego movie 2 had a lot of fun moments and captured a lot of the same stuff but um ultimately was you know a sequel and kind of lacked certain areas mm-hmm. i get that uh maybe i'll check it out when i get a chance anyway that's gonna do it for this week's making the quota <laughs> What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! (laughs) My name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! All right, we're gonna move into our main topic this week, and it comes from the world of movies. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. All right, so fans of our show uh, are, are most often also fans of the MCU, and we talk about a lot of MCU uh, and just general superhero movie um, news and happenings. And there was an interesting uh, conversation being had over this last couple weeks with some legendary filmmakers essentially talking shit about the MCU. Uh, Seth, do you you have in front of you or do you know exactly what was said? What he said originally, because there's also, um, there's someone else who weighed in, but what what uh, Martin Scorsese originally said, I said, is not cinema, it's something else. Um, we shouldn't be invaded by it. We need cinemas to step up and show films that are that are narrative films. Um, so basically, and I think he can also compared them to. Um, oh, he also said, uh, sorry, theaters have been ha- theaters have become amusement parks. That is all fine and good, but don't invade everything else that uh, in that sense. That is fine and good for those who enjoy that type of film. And by the way, knowing what goes into them now, I admire what they do. It's not my kind of thing. It simply is not. It's creating another kind of audience that thinks cinema is that. Uh, that I think that was his original comments, and then he clarified clarified it with what um, I said. And then um, after Martin Scorsese said that, uh, Francis Ford Cor- Coppola, um, you know, the steam director, came back with his own comments and, and kind of backed up what he said and went on top of that. What Scorsese, Scorsese said and went on top of that, he said, when Martin Scorsese says that Marvel pictures are not cinema, he's right because we expect to learn something from cinema. We expect to gain something, some enlightenment, some knowledge, some inspiration. I don't know that anyone gets anything out of seeing the same movie over and over again. Um, and then 
he said Mar- uh, Martin was kind when he said it's not cinema. He didn't say uh, he didn't say it's despicable, which is what I say it is. <laughs> oh man, so that's obviously uh, a a pretty hot take uh, from both of these guys, and it's an interesting, I think, thing to think about because you know we often talk about the MCU specifically as as being very different. For most other movies, uh, I've heard it. Con- I've heard it compared to a long-form television show, um, and, and several other things. And I, I don't know. For me, it's it revolves around this definition of the word cinema, um, which cinema just means movies. So, like on a literal <laughs> basis, I, I get like on a literal basis, they're obviously fucking movies. But mm-hmm. I think what they're asking is, is, are they artistic? is is to me the question that gets raised so do you think it's a fair thing to uh to sort of throw shade on marvel from these guys standpoint by saying they're not artistic like other films or do you think they mean something different entirely um i think i mean obviously i think they're entitled entitled to their own opinion and uh you know if they they don't think if they don't think that they're movies in the in the sense of like what they make or you know the 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 art house the um you know the I guess even just art in general, you know, like they, they, they look at movies as more like an art and not an entertainment form, like an expression. But at the same time, I mean, Marvel has those in those too. So for me personally, like I've talked about before, I do look at Marvel movies and superhero movies differently. Like I, I've talked about where when I go into a Marvel superhero movie, I often, I always turn my brain off and just kind of enjoy it. Like I enjoyed my cartoons as a kid in the nineties. Like it's, I'm basically watching, you know, I, I'm kind of in that, mindset again when i go in there i generally i'm especially in my first viewing i'm not overly critical about most superhero movies um because i you know again turn my brain off you know shove popcorn or i guess burger in my in my case in my mouth and and uh and and enjoy the crazy action on the screen now their their argument is that yeah it's i mean that's what it is it's an amusement it's it's you know like a ride but same time it is a movie like i'm not sitting there saying it's not a movie it definitely is a movie i'm in a theater watching it um and especially if you watch um some of these marvel movies uh there's definitely a lot of emotional depth and something to learn in it they talk about the human condition and all that kinds of stuff uh, in these movies um they've gone a lot deeper than just your stereotypical and maybe they haven't watched a superhero movie since um you know spider-man 2 or you know 3 or whatever i don't know maybe they saw the original spider-man or like not for me i don't know i i, I don't know about them but um you know, they move superhero movies have come a long way. I mean, again, look at just Joker that just came out. That's that's way more deep than, um, you know, your Superman Returns or whatever. Um, and Scorsese was an executive producer on that for some amount of time. I think he yeah. pulled his name off later in the game, but he was involved yeah. in that at some point. Right. So, to, I guess to, to overall answer the question, I, I think their comments are very at least ignorant at the at the very least. Um, but they're entitled to their own opinions, and and you know if that's that's how they feel about superhero movies, that's how they feel. But I also think that at least with Scorsese's case, he's got a movie coming out in a month. Um, I think that he's you know made these comments kind of quickly in an interview, um, but now he's really doubled down on them because it's getting him more and more press. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are going to see The Irishman anyway, but I do believe that these comments have kept his name in the the public light more than they have over the last several months. And so people are discussing this. Um, but at the same time, in a few months, he has the Irishman coming out. People are, I don't think people are, no one's really like ready to be like boycott Martin Scorsese, you know? Um, people are obviously like upset about it, but they're not like, 
ready to, to just get rid of him like they are with other people. So I think that obviously with the prestige of his films and with, um, you know, the actors and things like that, these comments are only going to just bring more attention to him and the Irishman coming out in a few months. I don't know what's going on with Francis Ford Coppola. He's old and crazy. I don't think he's made a movie in a, quite a while. So um, who knows uh, what, what he's doing, um, saying that they're despicable. <laughs> Marvel movies are despicable. But uh, yeah, overall, I, I think that they're entitled to their opinion, but I think Scorsese's doing it for another reason too. Yeah, that I could totally see. I think that that there's a few things going on here. And on one level, I can sort of agree more more specifically with Scorsese's thoughts. Like, I don't know how any movie is despicable except for 47 Meters Down Uncaged. But <laughs> uh, there is, to me, when I go to a Marvel movie, and this isn't bad, I'm still going to see all of them. Um there's not a lot of brains that appear to me to go into those movies. It's a lot of flashing lights and bright colors and beating up. And, and I think that's used often to cover up, uh, like, like shortfalls in, in what people, what some would consider real filmmaking or more artistic filmmaking. Um, I think there are, there's a lot of times like hyper cut up things and an over-reliance on CGI and, and a lot of those things are more for entertainment value than they are for any sort of artistic value. So on one level, I understand what Scorsese specifically is getting at here. Um, but again, just don't go to him then, dude. Like, you know, <laughs> right. You know, people want to shit on soap operas, but millions of people still watch soap operas too. Um, so I, there's a there's that part of it, and I think there's a point to be made for not comparing Avengers to Joker. Like, those are two very different films. Um and they both happen to be comic book films. So with the MCU, though, when the MCU is at its best is when it does actual movie stuff and mm-hmm. it does uh, and it does, you know, superhero stuff like there are there are sections of Endgame that play a lot like a, a far more serious drama. And then, of course, you get, you know, a huge fight. So uh, there are other movies like Captain America Winter Soldier. Uh, was another one that a lot of people really liked because it it had other filmmaking styles and was a little bit of a genre bend uh, while still being a superhero movie. And that that's that's when they're great. Um, but when they're bad, in my opinion, like Captain Marvel, um, they just showed us a bunch of flashing lights and said, here, this is a movie. And I was left still wanting. Um, I think another aspect of this comes from the fact that these are old guys. And... Coppola made the Godfather fucking the Godfather movies, uh, you know, with no CGI and, you know, without green screens and a whole bunch of other. And so I think to him, there's a level of difficulty that must be achieved for something to be considered art. And a lot of old guys think like that. Even old football players say that football players now are pussies because they were better helmets. Like it's <laughs> right. that kind of like old man bitterness that I think is creeping in here. And obviously these guys are, are legends of the game, both of which are probably on filmmaking's Mount Rushmore. Um, but we saw, we saw similar stuff with this with Spielberg and his comments about Netflix long ago. And at some point it's just like, you just got to get on the bus, man. Like this is what people are going to. And, um, you can shit talk it all you want, but well, what what Scorsese just make? That well, there's the Irishman, but mm-hmm. um, well, and and the what last, is Scor- the last movie he made was Silence, I think. Silence didn't make any money, and and uh, you know what the Irishman is full of? Fucking computer generated de aging technology. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and I don't know if that was exactly his, you know, his 
his qualm or whatever, but I'll be interested to see now, uh, you know, what his movie's like and how artistic it feels, you know, compared to mm-hmm. what he's shitting on the Marvel movies for. And yeah, I'm with you. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. I don't really, I'm obviously very opinionated and I, I shit on things a lot, but what I don't do is, is shit on people for liking a thing. Like everyone's entitled to liking what they like. And even though I disagree with it and, and I may think it's stupid, I don't necessarily think that the person who watches it is stupid. Um, and now eagle, eagle-eared listeners will probably cut to a montage of me calling people stupid for liking Captain Marvel. But um, even so, uh, I think that's what these guys just need to get over their old asses and, and understand <laughs> that, you know, people want popcorn flicks right now, man. We're, uh, all of our drama is on CNN now. So when we go to the movies, uh, we want to watch cats puke up fucking magic, <laughs> magic Rubik's Cubes. <laughs> <laughs> man that captain marvel really got in your ghoul didn't it <laughs> you know what it was in my ghoul pretty deep but uh on the second Ew. watch i appreciated it a little bit more so and, and i think it comes down to what you said it's what do you expect when you go into a movie do you expect something art artful and and deep and, and super meaningful or do you just expect to laugh like i i love book smart because to me it is deep and and, and meaningful while also making me laugh. But I also love Good Boys, and that movie has nothing smart about it whatsoever. It just makes me laugh for two hours. So, like, depending on what you go and expecting, I think that that has goes a long way. We've talked about this a lot. Goes a long way into what you, um, you know, how, how much you enjoy a movie. And those guys are the kind of guys that would go into 47 meters down on Cage and bitch because there's not an Oscar-winning performance in it. And it's just like, you just can't. It's not how it works. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, any any movie that comes out um, in the theater, uh, whether it's you know a superhero movie or uh, Jexy, um, <laughs> it, it's still it's still a movie. And uh, you know, not all movies are made with the same. Some movies are cash grabs. Some movies are um, you know made because they're going to be profitable or whatever it is. But um, some movies are just made because someone wants to make a movie. I don't know, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, all as long as it, you know it's filmed and it's edited and acted and all that, it's a movie. It's art. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. Dude, where's my car? Is a movie. It's art. So, um, you know, it's. I don't think it's. Again, it's their opinion, but I, 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 I guess some people have different standards for for cinema. But um, for me, even though I don't like you know some of those movies, I still think it's a movie no matter what. So uh, I might say it's a shit movie, but it's still a movie. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's their job to judge what's a movie as long as it's in a theater. Now they they could have a point to say like, honestly, I mean, and I know it's going to be in a limited run, but you know, if, if Irishman wasn't in a movie theater for a limited time, would that technically be cinema because it's not in a th- it's not in a theater? <laughs> you know, so you could you could technically say that. Um, I know Scorsese has been fighting that, and that's a big that was a big reason why he almost didn't take the movie to Netflix. Um, but they were the only ones that were going to pay the exorbitant cost to put the CGI in it, <laughs> but. Um, you know, if, if they didn't put it in the theater and get it eligible for, uh, Oscars, technically it's not a movie then because it's not in the theater. And that's, that's what the Oscars determine eligibility for, you know, the best picture is, if, is, is it a, is it a, in the theaters for a certain amount of time? So, uh, you know, a lot of the brethren that Scorsese has in Netflix land over there that have put movies out, I guess, technically aren't, haven't made movies. They've made, uh, you know, long TV episodes. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, so that, that's another debate entirely. And, and no one's really talked about that at all either. So, yeah. And I think 
where I may be able to empathize with Coppola saying that they're despicable, and I've talked about this on a couple of Marvel reviews, um, Marvel knows that it has us by the balls, and it knows we're going to go see whatever it is they put out. And occasionally, not always, but occasionally it seems to me like they just farted something out to put it out, and they didn't put as much care in as some other movies. I'm thinking like... Ant-Man and the Wasp is one that just really did not seem thought out whatsoever. Um, and there are a couple of those along the MCU. And I think that is that might be what he's talking about when he says it's despicable. Like, I as Disney know that I can put out a superhero movie and if I put enough explosions in it, everyone will go and I'll make a billion dollars. Um, so on that level, I could see maybe he's dis disagreeing with like the studio clearly taking advantage of a bunch of dumb people, but like the dumb people are the people that go to the movies. So, and mm -hmm. from the studio standpoint, I get that too. Like you're there to make money. So, you know, make your money however and you're going to make it. Min minus the, you know, maybe Star Wars. If there was no superhero movies, I don't know if the, the theater business would be sustainable for people like Scorsese right now. Um, because a lot of these, a lot of what dr has been driving people to the theaters is, are these superhero, big budget amusement park films, as Scorsese likes to say. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it's evident for, even if, you know, I, I go to a ton of like smaller movies, art house, independent movies. And generally, unless it has a couple big names in it, I'm one of three people in the theater most of the time. Um, and this, I mean, it's, yeah, I know Cedar Rapids where I live isn't like a big artsy town. Um, but that's the most, even when I go to like to the, the art house independent theater, which is made, you know, made for those people. Most of the time it's maybe five, six, seven people and Iowa city is an artsy town. So, um, where, where this art house theater is. So, you know, it, it, people aren't going to the theater to see these small movies. They can stream them, you know, um, so technically the only cinema that's going to be around is for these big movies. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, I, you know, I don't think that they should really be biting the hand that feeds them because that's, what's getting people in the, into their theater, uh, is these, if they see a trailer for Martin Scorsese's Irishman or, um, you know, something like along those lines, that that's, that's how they're going to know about these movies before they go, people go see, uh, you know, Marvel movies or whatever. So, um, yeah, I, I just think, there really isn't an industry right now without some of these bigger budget movies. Mm -hmm. Well, it's in, that goes across every every medium that there is. There has the the fact that something is mass appealing does not make it not art, right? Mm -hmm. And and I fight this a lot because I think most pop music is shit. But like, the, you don't get these. You don't get Billie Eilish without Taylor Swift. You just don't. Mm -hmm. Like that's not how it works. And of course, Billie Eilish is pretty poppy now too, but I guess people like her, she's pretty unique sound or whatever. But like, you, nobody gets the opportunity to be artistic unless there's pop within the genre. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you're right. They owe a lot of their, now these guys are obviously brilliant filmmakers and probably would have always been just fine. But like today, um, you know, Scorsese doesn't get to make The Irishman unless Netflix puts, you know, Avengers on Netflix. You know, like mm -hmm. that's how they built, they built their entire filmography around having fucking friends in the office <laughs> on there. That's how they got the money to pay for Scorsese's Irishman. So the, the pop versus art is something that you and I talk about often. Um, and I think that's what these guys are driving at. And they, they just sound like bitter old dicks to me. 
Mm-hmm. And this is coming from a guy that I, I prefer, you know, art, art house, independent, smaller scale movies to some of these bigger ones. But, um, you know, I, I don't think I could ever sit there and say this isn't a movie because I have a great time when I go see those movies. Do I do I, you know, view them as critically as I do some of these other ones? No, but um, that's because I prefer to watch them in, in a more childlike wonderment um, than, than, than uh, you know, some of these the art house ones. But uh, I can't wait to see in February when. Uh, Martin Scorsese's Irishman is up against Marvel's uh, Endgame in for the best picture <laughs> best picture race. Oh, I can't wait! Oh, that's going to be great. Yeah, this is an ongoing debate. It's something that we're always going to be talking about, I'm sure, in one way or another. So let us know uh, on Facebook and Twitter what you think. Do you think that the comments by Scorsese and Coppola uh, made sense? Do you think we've categorized them properly uh, in our interpretation of them? Uh, and what do you think of the whole art versus pop? You know. Um, uh, debate. Let us know uh, on Facebook and Twitter at SoCo Show Pod, uh, and you can weigh in on, on this week's main topic. For now, though, we're going to move on from deciding whether or not something is a movie. This, What we're going to talk about next definitely is a movie, and it's one that Seth should have seen a long time ago because he missed the boat. Oh, I'm on a boat, and you're going to need a bigger boat. So we haven't done this in a couple weeks, but uh, the We Miss the Boat segment is uh, where Seth and I have essentially assigned each other homework. And these are movies that Seth and I have recommended to each other and for most of them have been pushing on each other for years. Uh, And so this is a way for us to force each other to watch our recommendations. So these are movies that one of us is recommending highly, uh, but the other one, for for one reason or another, didn't see uh, when it came out. So we keep an ongoing list of these, and Seth picked one. Uh, from the list that I provided to him and watched it for this week. So he's going to review something. I don't know what yet. Seth, what'd you watch? This week I watched uh, Legends of the Guardians, The Owls of the Pool. <laughs> I didn't. For, for, I, I, that's going on your list now. You know that, right? <laughs> Have you seen it? No, I'm going to watch it right now just so I can put it on your list. <laughs> um, no, I, I watched uh, this week. I watched uh, The Truman Show. Ah, yes. Um. um course uh, most people have seen a lot of people have seen this movie uh jim carrey uh lives in the uh he, he's he's a subject of a of a essentially a reality show about his entire life um really really interesting i i did really really like this movie um for whatever reason i passed up on this a lot um you know over the over the years i i guess for me like jim carrey i still see as like the mask and ace ventura <laughs> and so it you know it's it, i don't see him as like a dramatic actor but i guess i'd see him in man of the moon but even then i was you know more saw andy kaufman but in this one like he you know he really does go go some places <laughs> in, in this emotionally with um you know especially later on in the, later on in the movie but uh, just the whole world like i was really into the whole world of like the 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 town that they set up for him and 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 uh you know the commitment to making it look real and i i loved the whole you know, as the movie went on and they kind of showed like how like different, like there's that one scene where he's running through town to try and like, he, like he charges into like, I think a bank or something. And there's like a set behind like an elevator. Oh, and yeah. I just, I just, and, and there's like actors and stuff and he's starting to figure out putting the pieces together. And that was really cool as the movie went on. He's putting the pieces together and, and, and really starting to understand. Plus there, there's this, the whole thing with um the girl in Fiji, I forgot her name, but um, you know, he, he's, oh, he, he, he has these memories of this girl who, um, you know, he, he really was, uh, starting he, that he wanted to 
to he had more interest in than Laura Linney, and and so he has these memories that he's thinking about, and it brings Fiji up and things like that, and um, just really really interesting how like the world that's been constructed around him, he he's he's poking holes in and trying to figure out, and and uh, yeah, I mean it's I, the the cast is great overall. I mean Laura Linney, of course Jim Carrey, Ed Harris, uh, Paul Giamatti sneaks in there. Um, fucking Scully from Brooklyn Nine Nine is in there. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, um, he was the security guard um, oh, who's watching. I, it's been a bit he, since I've seen it. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he, he's a security guard watching the feed, and then like at the end, he's like, "All right, what are we gonna watch next?" <laughs> after mm-hmm. they, you know, after the whole thing goes down. But um, yeah, I mean, o- overall, I mean, really great movie. I really loved the again, just the world around it, and and how they made the now and especially now I think I appreciate this more now than I would have you know 10 15 years ago because I know way more about um the movie making process and um that whole world itself and so it was cool to see that through the through through that lens because you know they really did put a lot of work into the whole background of it into the whole um making it look like to to the viewer look like a set and and that type of thing but then and but hiding those those aspects for Truman or Jim Carrey's character. So, um, all that was really cool. Plus like there's some really like gut punching moments with some of like the hopelessness feeling that he has, like, mm-hmm. cause he knows that he's in this world at, at certain points and there's really not much else he can do. Um, and then just like the whole emotional manipulation that, that they, that, um, Ed Harris character has where, you know, he, he's bringing people back into his life and, and taking people out at a moment's notice. And like that, that impact of like, having being manipulated for tv and it's almost like you know in a way a lot of like reality tv is as it is now like big brother in in certain aspects not quite as intense but uh, a lot of producers trying to you know shift things and make them go certain ways um yeah all the all that really 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 interesting i like this one a lot um you know i'm I'm glad this was on the list i i appreciated it way more than i thought i was going to oh that makes me so happy because this is this is one of my favorite movies and this Maybe as much as anything we've had on the list so far, I have been pushing this on you for so long. <laughs> so I am so glad that you finally watched it and enjoyed it. I love this one. This is one of my favorite. Uh, this is probably my second favorite Jim Carrey movie. Um, and we'll we'll get into another one in a second because I'm going to replace it uh, with another Jim Carrey movie that happens to be my top favorite. So uh, I'm really stoked that you enjoyed this one. Folks out there, if you haven't seen The Truman Show, it gets a recommend from me. And it gets a recommend from Seth. Uh, I believe, did you watch it on Netflix, Seth? Uh, no, I had to rent it. It's on uh, Stars, I think. Okay, there you go. So you might have to pay a couple bucks to get it on demand. But uh, if you want to watch the Truman Show, uh, it gets thumbs up from both of us. But now, uh, Seth has watched the Truman Show and, and his list is is short now. Uh, we always keep these at five. So I need to make a replacement on the list. And Seth, I think you might uh, you might have been able to guess where I'm going here. Uh, I mentioned I've got another Jim Carrey movie for you, and I think you're going to dig this one a lot. I, I'm going to give you Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And I'm, I'm almost mm. certain you haven't seen this one, right? I don't think I have. Okay. So this one I think you're really going to dig, especially because you, I think, uh, have seen a little more of Jim Carrey's capability in The Truman Show. And Eternal Sunshine is is a lot more dramatic uh, with, with less comedic, I would say, uh, than The Truman Show. But you're going to see a really good Jim Carrey performance and a really interesting sort of world build. Uh, also a great performance by Kate Winslet. And the, actually the screenplay for Eternal Sunshine won an Oscar uh, for Best Original. So uh, I think you're going to dig Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It's it's one of my favorite movies just in general. 
uh, it's also a fantastic breakup movie. So uh, if anybody out there is is splitting up with the uh, with their loved one, uh, Eternal Sunshine is a great great movie uh, with which to do that. So um, not that that's what you're doing, Seth, but Eternal Sunshine. I think I'm I'm True. really stoked for you to see because I want to hear your review of it. So with that, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. You just made the list. So Seth, what are your five films to choose from now? Um, definitely a lot, a lot of hope and happiness in this list. Uh, <laughs> Silence of the Lambs, Nightcrawler, V for Vendetta, Steve Jobs, and Eternal Sunshine, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Um, I uh, I picked Truman Show because it looked the happiest. Um, from what I, from what I've seen of it, wasn't happy necessarily, but it wasn't also like, extremely sad. I was just like, I woke up again Sunday morning and just like, you know what? Um, I I'd for almost forgotten that I had to watch a movie, but then I had a couple hours before. And it was the shortest movie that I had on my list too, but before football, and I'm like, all right, I'm Sunday morning, I'm up, let's watch a let's watch a, a happyish movie. Um, everything else seems either like. Uh, serial killery or crazy person or <laughs> Steve Jobs I guess is probably but it's probably not necessarily happy because I know the whole story of Apple is not uh mm. the most happy story so went with the Truman show um but we'll see we're, we'll see what mindset I'm at next week that's a good okay that's a good that see that's good feedback because I have a couple in the queue that are that are going to be a little more lighthearted um, so I'll, I'll get some of those in in the queue behind I don't want you getting depressed over the movies I pick for you that's that's my job <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next week I will be reviewing a movie that was assigned to me by Seth and I have the following to choose from Toy Story 3, Call Me By Your Name The Last Black Man in San Francisco Tully and Fighting With My Family um, there's some which, happy ones in there yeah I'm pretty stoked about all these um, and I, I will get to each of them in due time but um, I don't know which one I'm going to go with yet I haven't made a decision uh, but I need to pick one and watch it this week so um, that is going to be it. I will be back next week with another edition of We Missed the Boat. Oh! I'm on a boat, and You're going to need a bigger boat. I got to tell you, I'm loving this segment, man. It's making me happy. Um, it's a good time. Mostly because I like being agreed with. That's awesome, <laughs> Let's move on uh, from The Truman Show to a couple films that were released very recently, just this past week. Let's get into this week's reviews. Mom? What do you think? I love it. I hated it. All right, Seth. So you saw a movie on your own, and then we both saw the second one. So uh, let's go in chronological order. I know last Tuesday you got to see a movie that you've been highly anticipating for a while now, um, and and we talked about it a little bit uh, last week because I think you were just getting ready to go to it uh, right after we recorded. So uh, tell tell us how your your big Fathom Events uh, evening went. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we did talk about it. Um, I mentioned it last week because our list was about Kevin Smith, but I, I did see Jay and Silent Bob reboot, um, and uh, yeah, it was kind of interesting. I've never been to a Fathoms event thing before, but um, they did have uh, like a ten or fifteen minute intro with with Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes, and they introed the movie and all that stuff. So it was pretty fun. Uh, I will be seeing it again uh, this coming Friday with Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes and a, a giant auditorium full of uh, crazy Kevin Smith fans. So. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Very excited about that. Um, but yes, uh, I, I did uh, have an opportunity to see Jane Silent Bob reboot. What I'll say is that um, for fans of Kevin Smith, I think you will you'll love it. It's uh, it's probably the most fan service movie I've ever seen. Um, I told you that it's the most masturbatory movie I've ever seen, and mm-hmm. that. 
and that Kevin Smith uh, talks about Kevin Smith a lot in this movie, um, e- even to the point where Kevin Smith is Kevin Smith in this movie as Kevin Smith. Um, and, and that's confusing, but uh, he plays himself in this movie along with playing Silent Bob. So um, that I mean, it's it's very Kevin Smith. I mean, he his daughter's in it. Jason Mewes' daughter's in it. Um, as many characters from his movies that he could possibly fit in, he fit in. Um, that being said, though, I, I did I did love it. I, I mean, I, I love Kevin Smith. I thought that this movie, what's interesting to see is that I know since like even Clerks 2 I talked about, there's some things in there that, you know, people shouldn't say anymore, uh, should have never said, but shouldn't say anymore either. And, and uh, you know, he, he's learned from that. I mean, th- there are a couple moments in here that I thought uh, weren't the most tasteful, but I never... Th- excuse me, never thought anything was, um, overly, you know, inappropriate or anything like that. Um, I thought that in this one too, that the, there were some emotional places that, that he went, um, and that Jason Mewes had to go to, um, as Jay, which has never been seen in these movies before. Jason is always a comedic, dumb character that is always played for laughs. And, and, and this one, you know, they made him go some, some, deeper places and he had to give an emotional performance in this at times which is weird to say out of a kevin smith movie where they talk about farts and penises and stuff <laughs> like that um and in this one they they kind of even toned down some of the the fart and penis stuff and and did go for more emotional stuff and still still went for some labs and things but um some of the labs were even um more done i guess at the expense of like kevin smith and going for some of the fourth wall breaks and and self-referential stuff um, I, you know, I mentioned there, there's a ton of cameos, uh, last week and, you know, some of the ones we expect Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, both of their cameos were very, um, self-referential movie. Uh, Jason Lee, I mentioned that earlier in the podcast too, very like self-referential talking about movies they've been in and things like that. All very funny in the moments. I thought, um, the dialogue is always very well written in, in his movies, no matter, no matter if the content of the movie is stupid, the dialogue between the characters is always very well done. Um, he, he knows how to write dumb, funny conversations between people, uh, and make it believable. But yeah, I mean, I loved it. Any fan of Kevin Smith will love it. If you're not a fan of Kevin Smith, then I think you'll, you know, you're gonna not like it. I mean, I think it's the only thing I can say. I mean, it's, it's very, you know, it's, it's his humor. It's his characters. It's again, self-referential. You'll probably be lost in certain situations. If you don't know who Kevin Smith is or have seen all of at least these universe movies, which is, you know, we talked again, talked about last week, but um, yeah, I, 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 again, I loved it. I, I really did. And, and, you know, for anyone who likes Kevin Smith stuff, I would, I would definitely recommend, you know, once it gets to your area, to your theater, whatever, uh, check it out because it's, you know, it goes some deeper places than you expect and, uh, still has a lot of laughs in it. That'll, that'll keep you interested. Um, I will say my favorite ton of cameos. My favorite was Fred Armisen. Uh, he, he was, he, he was in the movie a, a pretty good amount. Um, at least for cameo wise, probably, probably the, other than Ben Affleck, he was in it the most for cameo wise. And, uh, he had this really funny running joke that kept me going the whole movie. And I'm excited to see how this plays with a, a group full of people, uh, a room full of people. The theater was actually pretty full, uh, but with the, with the many more people that'll be at this, this show, uh, I'm excited to see how that plays. But, uh, uh overall again, I, I did really, really enjoy it. Yeah. I'm glad. Mo- and, and, you know, not all of our viewers will be huge Kevin Smith fans. Uh, I doubt any of them are as big of Kevin Smith fans as you are. Uh, so my takeaway from this is I'm just glad that you liked it. Um, you know, <laughs> I know you were looking forward to it for a while. So that makes me happy that you enjoyed it. And I'll probably check this out at some point when it becomes more 
more widely available. Because um, I, I do like Kevin Smith, and I like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. So uh, I'm interested to kind of see what, what they have going here in this one. So uh, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot uh, is not widely released yet. I'll link to Showtimes uh, and to the Reboot Roadshow this week if you want to take a look and see if they're coming near you. Uh, you might be able to catch the movie alongside uh, Kevin Smith and Jay Muse. So, uh, again, if you're a fan of uh, Kevin Smith, definitely check it out. If not, maybe check out some uh, some of his other stuff first, and you're going to enjoy this one a little more. The second movie on our list tonight is another uh, another sequel, and this is one that, that I... Yeah, it's another squeakquel. I, I saw that this movie was coming out, and I thought, oh, God, here we go. Um, this is Zombieland 2, Double Tap, which, again, I, I won't get into the title. Pow, pow. <laughs> but uh, there's a double tap. There you go. Um, there you go. Zombieland 2. Okay, so Zombieland 2 picks up right, uh, not right after, but some amount of time after 2009's Zombieland. So you have all the major cast back, Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, and Abigail Breslin, um, who really, Abigail Breslin is the only one who's really aged. Um, and so, <laughs> right. you know, everyone else is pretty, everyone else is pretty, uh, pretty much the same. So, you know, Zombieland, uh, it, it's, it's, it's comical, it's self-referential, it's zombie humor, uh, and there's, there's a lot going on here. So, uh, for me, what Zombieland 2 does, uh, and the story of this is that Abigail Breslin's character, uh, sort of goes out on her own. And they fear she's in danger, so the rest of the cast, along with some crazy side characters, uh, have to go find her. And so, in this one, um, for me, Seth, the, my general takeaways is that this this is really uh, just a straight-up continuation of the first movie. Like, I immediately felt, like, back at home in the yep. first Zombieland, like the style, the dialogue, the the artistic flares and everything seemed, mm-hmm. it, the, the idea that it's been 10 years since the last one was lost on me in five minutes. Like yep. they did a really good job of putting you right back in the same mode that you left. If you watch these movies back to back, you would hardly know that they at any time had gone by, don't you think? Oh, I, I, I totally agree. I even thought about that too. I, I, you know, the movie had started and they do the whole credit sequence where they're, you know, blowing up zombies and stuff. And, um, within, yeah, like you said, like five minutes of them actually starting the movie and like, um, uh, Jesse Eisenberg is, is going into the kind of like the backstory of what's been going on and all that stuff. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is them. They didn't miss a beat at all. Yeah, it was dope. And then I think, um, and you know what? This is a movie that's not, again, if we're talking Scorsese, uh, this movie, I wouldn't say is cinema, as he would call it. <laughs> um, you know, it's pretty poppy, but very entertaining. I thought it was very yep. funny. The The dialogue was well written. The One of the things that made me nervous coming into this is I saw that they were adding new side characters. And yeah. <laughs> they're kind of these crazy archetypes. And I was like, gosh, I really don't know if we need to expand this. It's such a good cast. I was like, why waste a bunch of screen time on a bunch of annoying new characters? And I was so pleasantly surprised because <laughs> almost all of the new characters I loved, especially though Zoe Deutsch's character, Madison, <laughs> I yes. thought was going to be so fucking annoying, but I, I thought she too. was hilarious in this. Yep. I, I, I was... All, I, I was ready, like, sitting there with a pitchfork on my hand, like, she's annoying, mm-hmm. I'm going to hate her, and then instantly, like, th- I threw my pitchfork away, I'm like, she is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the one thing that made me laugh out of nowhere, 
um, there's a point where everyone's introducing themselves and uh, everyone, you know, like I'm Tallahassee, I'm, you know, whatever. I'm Wichita. And she goes, Madison. <laughs> she like really quickly does like a quick Madison and like does a peace sign. And like really, <laughs> just like, I don't know why that made me laugh so much. But like just the choices that she made, um, it like, she's, her character is obviously very stupid, but just like aware of how stupid she was. Mm-hmm. So it just didn't, it didn't feel like too overdone. It felt like a, like a, a parody of like she wasn't trying to be stupid, she was doing a parody of someone who's that stupid. Um, so for me, I just was bought into that the whole time, and every time she's on the screen, I was fucking laughing. Oh my god, yeah, her and especially her juxtaposed against the super hardcore uh, Tallahassee yeah. character. Those two interacting was fucking hilarious to me. Um, and of course, with Jesse Eisenberg, and again, you know, they they introduce all these characters, and I think the best part, the best thing that they did was they didn't they added to the story and never subtracted. Like I was never distracted. Yep. There's um, uh, is that Rosario Dawson? Yeah, I did like her too. She makes an appearance along with um, oh uh, god damn it, the guy from Silicon Valley and uh, Thomas Luke Middleditch. Wilson. Thomas Middleditch and Luke Wilson show up, uh, and then there's a couple other characters, the um, the Berkeley character. Uh, as well shows up and I think everyone had a little part to add but we never strayed too far from the main cast so I thought that was that, mm-hmm. again that was a concern of mine that they didn't you know uh, it was a concern of mine that ended up not being the case so I was happy mm-hmm. with what I saw I, on the whole man uh, I thought it was funny I thought it w- it fit right in you know as a sequel to the first movie um, and all the pitfalls that I thought it was going to fall into it didn't so I had a really good time at this and yep. I'll probably see it again not maybe necessarily I, in theaters, but maybe I'll do a double feature yeah. after it comes out on home video. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, it's I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. I had a really good time. I had a big smile on my face walking out of it. I had a smile on my face the whole time. Um, and I think I had a realization that um, the reason I love Emma Stone is because of Wichita. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Zombieland might be might have been my first introduction to Emma Stone, like fully. And and. Uh, you know, I I just love her sarcastic nature and like, um, just the just the way she just just her just her general demeanor and tone and all that stuff. I think she plays that character perfectly, and um, I love how the the way she plays off of in this movie, like you said, Madison. Their their interactions are great together um, because she's you know like jealous of Madison and things like that, but also very you know mean and sarcastic to her and stuff. But then also her and her and uh, Jesse Eisenberg, the the way they. The way they interact, I, I love their relationship. You, you know, this movie uh, and the prior one. So, uh, I think I think my Emma Stone um, fandom sparks from the Zombieland universe, and it continues in in this one as well. I, I do really enjoy her a lot. Yeah, well stated. So it sounds like uh, two thumbs. Well, four thumbs, maybe. I don't know. We like the movie, and we would recommend it to folk, especially if you liked Zombieland. You're going to continue mm-hmm. to like this one. Um, it fits right in. It'd make a great double feature if you want to watch Zombieland and then head to the theater. Uh, you're going to have fun with this one for sure. And there's some some very funny and interesting callbacks to the first, including an epilogue at the end that I think people are going to like. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was a little much. I was rolling my eyes, but uh, but I, I'm sure people will enjoy it. I don't know. I, I, I so empathize with the Eisenberg character because uh, I, I like structure and rules and all of that stuff. So... His, his list of rules, uh, especially when he has a conversation with the Thomas Middleditch character about his rules, and um, I thought that was just a funny through line. There's all sorts of just funny sort of through jokes that go all the way mm-hmm. through this movie, and 
Um, it was just so well done, and it was a very pleasant surprise because I had my dog shit ometer, uh, like flashing when I went into this. I, I fully expected that I was gonna, you know, be disappointed, but very pleasant mm. surprise. It gets recommendations from Seth and I, um, and from uh, my brother Kyle as well. I talked to him for a while about it yesterday, and, and he really enjoyed it too. So get out there and see Zombieland 2 Double Tap, uh, as well as Jay and Silent Bob Reboot when you can get a chance. Uh, two recommendations, two funny comedies this week for our reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it! I hated it! So we so roll... Uh, go ahead. Let me ask you real quick. Because um, I don't think it's Zombieland 2 Double Tap. I think it's just Zombieland colon Double Tap. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. It's, I, just would like... I, I would prefer I would prefer Zombieland 2 and that's it. But. Okay. Zombieland colon double tap is it's a cool in joke if you saw the first movie it says what it is it's a sequel like I actually kind of appreciate that title okay and then so what about uh, Malficient Mistress of Evil that one pisses me off (laughs) (laughs) I also know it's not Malficient (laughs) yeah or Dan is out there in the car like it's not Malficient (laughs) Um, I'm going to pull up the list of upcoming movies uh, so we can see kind of what we're going to go to this weekend. I am excited. Nothing. To see, I'm excited to see this movie Countdown. I know. I know it looks like butt, but I'm stoked to see it. This is a it's a phone app that it, that tells you how many how much time you have left to live. And one of the girls has only three days for some reason. Um, I'm excited to see. I love just like a, a you know, mediocre to bad horror movie. And I think that's what this is going to be. So I'm excited to go see that. Um I've also got showings at my theater for Black and Blue, which we talked about, which I'm not going to see. Um, the Current War is the one about Edison and Westinghouse um, and the light bulbs and shit. Uh, now, I may get to that. Is, are you saying, is it The Current War or The Current War Director's Cut? Director's because Cut. Because there's two. <laughs> I don't understand why there's a Director's Cut of a movie that is out at the same time. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I only see the director's cut on my on my showtimes, but yeah. I think this has something to do with the fact this movie's been done for like 2 years. <laughs> has it? And so I don't know if they've if they've recut it or if it was somehow released before and now it's coming back out. It's not getting great reviews, but I think the subject no. matter is interesting. Uh, so I may see it. And uh, this is Seth, one that I know you're excited to see. I have showings for The Lighthouse uh, or oh, Lighthouse this bitch. weekend as well. You don't have it yet? Not yet, no. Yeah, I know a lot of Oscar Comes buzz. Comes out here next week. Uh, Robert Eggers, I believe, is is the um, the guy. And we have Willem Dafoe and um, Robert Pattinson, I, I guess, going doing something in a lighthouse. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's um, very much about, like, from what I understand, it's very much about, like, uh, mental stability. And, and basically, these two guys are going crazy. And so it's very much like a, just these these two guys by themselves black and white and a, in a, in a white lighthouse kind of going nuts and like mental stability and, um, stuff like that. Um, sounds very insane, <laughs> but, um, the, uh, a lot of people have said kind of think a not, uh, weird th- basically a not, um, supernatural type of like hereditary or midsummer type thing. Sure. Um, you're very like, again, like, you know, they're seeing things and that type of thing, but not, it's not like to the point where, you know, Tony Collette's on a ceiling banging her head or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, this is another A24 film. So, 
Um, I would fully expect it to confuse my emotions and leave me feeling a little bit gross. Um, that'll be a successful A24 movie for me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll see. We'll see how many of those we get to, and we'll be back with more reviews uh, next week. And actually, before we go to one more thing, uh, we're recording this on Monday night, the 21st. And if you're unaware by the time you hear this podcast, Star Wars Episode Nine tickets are on sale. Um, Seth and I both have our tickets to go. We're both going to be seeing it opening night. Uh, so if you somehow have missed the fact that tickets are on sale and you want to go to Star Wars right away, you're going to want to buy advanced tickets if you can get them. I know it's been a few days now. Uh, so if you're getting this, take a look and see if your theater still has advanced tickets left for Star Wars. I know a lot of our listeners are fans of it, so we'd, we want to make sure you don't miss it. With that, though, uh, we are nearing the end of our show. But before we go, we got to leave you with one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. I'm going to go first. And you touched on this Seth, a little bit before. And I just I just wanted to, to enjoy a hearty laugh. Um, it, we talked about Jared Leto and... There's been some shit going on this past couple weeks that has come to light. Apparently, Jared Leto threw an entire bitch fit when he found out about Joker being made and even went to lengths to like tell his agent, who is also agents with Todd Phillips, um, to do something to make sure the movie didn't get made. He felt like he was being ripped off because he wasn't asked to play the Joker in it and it was an offshoot of his character. Uh, who he played in Suicide Squad. And apparently he just completely freaked out, acted like a total little bitch about it. And now uh, we got the news in Quick Hits earlier uh, that Jared Leto is likely not going to be playing the Joker in future DC films, which is welcome news for me. One, because I really don't like Jared Leto. Uh, Two, because I fucking hated the Joker in that movie. Um, I I saw some potential there, but I thought it was... I don't know. It's... Just a dumb punk rock version of the Joker that we didn't need. And um, also, <laughs> anything that we get that is not tied back to Suicide Squad is a benefit to me. So <laughs> I thought, I think this is good news. And also just, <laughs> Jared Leto, you bitch. That, that's what I have to say. Wow. Some strong words for Jared Leto. <laughs> well, the guy's got a fucking Oscar and probably a Grammy. I, anyway, we took the guy that from 30 Seconds to Mars and made him into a movie star, and I don't get why. <laughs> um well i'm about to uh just make my my uh one more thing the uh the weekly seth hot talks about uh hot ones um because because uh, uh my one more thing this week uh is paul rudd on hot ones he is he paul rudd uh, i continue to think he is probably the the probably the best dude in hollywood um he he is he seems like again seems like most of these people do, but he seems just like the most down to earth, cool guy. Um, could totally have a beer with him, that type of thing. Um, he, he is, he, he goes for it on this episode though. Um, of hot ones, definitely check it out. Uh, I don't want to say anything, but what he does at the end is, is pretty insane. Again, both of us have having had, uh, the last dab, uh, hot sauce, uh, even just doing that is it, like without standing up and freaking out and trying to get shit off your, your tongue and lips is, uh, and not, not drinking milk either like that that that's that's tough but what he goes through is is pretty intense um also too i caught the first episode of um living with yourself i think yes. is what it's called i'm excited to watch this um, did you like the pilot i did like the first episode um in, very interesting um have you uh, have you heard about this thing with tom brady this week no what um, oh, does he have a cameo in in that yes. show is that what it is so Someone at, so he has a cameo on living with yourself. Uh, the whole premise of living with yourself is that, uh, Paul Rudd's character, 
uh, is kind of down on his luck. Things aren't going his way. Uh, his friend at work recommends um, this massage parlor um, that that he went to the guy. The friend went to the massage parlor and, parlor, and ever since he's been his life has been way better. Um, everything's going well for him, and and you know just in general life is better. Um, well, the, the whole thing is that. Tom Brady has a cameo in this coming out of the massage parlor and there, there people were questioning him because of the whole Robert Kraft thing. Oh, geez. Yikes. <laughs> they probably shot that before, but that's such bad timing. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, I'd actually even recommend looking at the interview that Tom Brady. So it was a, I think it's post practice interview or something like that with Tom Brady at his locker. And someone brought that up after the show premiered and, and he kind of he kind of got he, he got a little hot at the the reporter, um, pretty pretty funny stuff. But um, his if you actually watch the show, his cameo has nothing to do with with that. Um, it's it's a joke at his expense, which is pretty funny um, because of what the parlor actually is. But um, funny, no, I, I did I did really enjoy. It. It's very it's much more of like a dark, not like too dark of a comedy, but very weird. Like the concept, it's kind of a higher interesting concept. Um, and, uh, you know, it's funny, but it also has some weird humor in it, too. But I like it. Uh, Paul Rudd's great. He, he's such a, he's just a good dude. He's very funny. Um, I don't know that the whole Hot Ones thing, he, he was making me laugh throughout it. And and then in the show, he's just a solid, solid actor. Really funny. I like Paul Rudd and I like Hot Ones. That's a good I, that put that on Seth Gravestone. Um, <laughs> would you, OK, so for our listeners who watched maybe Russian Doll, would you compare this show to that? No, I mean, I know it's early stages. yes, yeah, I mean, yes, in terms of like, it's a, it's a high concept thing inside of a half hour comedy, but I mean, the, the entire premises are very different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll have to watch this for myself. It, it is the first thing on my list. Uh, I've also got a uh, watchman I'm hoping to check out and, uh, got to finish up big mouth. So I have a lot of TV on my list, but, um, uh, we'll see. Hopefully we get to a TV corner of living with yourself uh, very soon. But at the very least, we got a hot mouthful of Paul Rudd and um, some Snickers at Jared Leto's expense this week. And one more thing. <laughs> but I'm down to one more, one more thing. Well, that's going to be it for episode 117 of the SoCo Show. Don't forget to subscribe wherever it is you may be listening so you can get new episodes right away every Thursday, uh, as well as new episodes of the Sports Show every Friday where we've been breaking down uh, the NFL week by week. We've been having a lot of fun with that. So if you haven't listened to that one, check out uh, this week's episode dropping tomorrow. Uh, We're going to be talking week seven and week eight uh, in the NFL world. I think Seth's going to be pretty stoked to talk about his Vikings, uh, among other things. So Uh, As always, too, uh, make sure you check out our sponsors. Links to all of them in the description box. And check us out on Anchor, anchor anchor.fm slash the-soco-show. That's a hard thing to say. Uh, Where you can become a contributor to the show. Uh, If you like, you can support us on a monthly basis. We highly appreciate that. And I'll be doing tequila shots uh, for every new contributor that we get. So uh, we appreciate your patronage there. If you are unable to or don't want to contribute that way, uh, just keep listening to our episodes and keep sharing us with your friends. And um, our sponsorship will help us out uh, with every listen that we get. So we certainly appreciate uh, those of you who listen every week. Uh, thank you for doing so. 
Also, uh, a feature on Anchor that we haven't talked about really uh, to this point, you can leave us voicemail on Anchor. And uh, we haven't mentioned this yet, but it, it's just like what it sounds. You can just record your voice uh, saying some shit to us on Anchor. And it would be really fun for us to get to incorporate some of those into the show. So if you have some comments about anything that we talked about on this week's episode, or frankly on any episode, and you want to hear your voice on the SoCo Show, uh, go to the Anchor page and see where you can leave us a voice message. And we'll see what we can do to get a, get those incorporated in uh, to the show. I think we could have a lot of fun with that. So check out the Anchor page and all of our sponsors, of course. Um, and yeah, like we're back on the new, uh, the the normal schedule, so we getting uh, two 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 podcasts per week up. Uh, this one has been episode one seventeen again of the SoCo Show. He is the so host Seth I, and I am the co host Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye. Gahool. <laughs>